Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today we see that our Lord is brought to the temple to be presented to the Lord just as was according to the law. And there was to be offered a sin offering, an offering that was a custom, again, to the law. But we know that our Lord Jesus Christ had no sin, and neither was his birth sinful, neither was his conception sinful. For it was by the power of the Holy Spirit that came over the Virgin Mary that Christ was there dwelling in her womb. And yet, all of these things take place in order to fulfill the law of God. He does all of these things, submitting himself, just as he did for circumcision at eight days old, and as he would at 30 years old, a baptism. He does all of these things for us. He makes himself the sacrifice. Notice how when Mary and Joseph go there, they do not bring a lamb, at least not physically. Of course, you know that Jesus is called the Lamb of God. It was accustomed to the law that one for this sin offering and for the offering for purification from the flow of blood for the woman would bring a lamb a year old, without spot or blemish, to be offered up. But if one could not afford a lamb, they were to bring two turtle doves in its place. And see here that Mary and Joseph bring that two turtle doves, not the lamb. It was, again, in order to fulfill this prophecy that is written about the Lord that he would be the propitiation for the sins, that he would be the lamb which takes away the sin of the world. He, the true Holy One, spotless, without blemish, to be offered up to the Lord as an offering for our sins. You see, it's always according to the Lord that these things come to be. It is far beyond our comprehension to have figured all of these things out, but the Lord has revealed them to us, to, to us through the Holy Word. When Jesus goes into this temple, this temple did not have the Ark of the Covenant any longer. Imagine that. The people in the Old Testament, they surrounded themselves around the Ark of the Covenant. It always went before them. As they went into the Promised Land, they took the Ark of the Covenant with them. In the Ark of the Covenant remained the jar, a golden jar of manna, to remind them of those days of wandering in the wilderness. There was the budding rod of Aaron, which to remind them that God had established the priesthood. And there was also probably most famously known, the two tablets which had upon it inscribed the commandments of the Lord. And this Ark of the Covenant was beautiful. It could never be touched, right? Because if you touched it, you would die. But upon the top of it, there was something very wonderful. It was called the mercy seat. And the mercy seat was between two cherubim. 
And there on the mercy seat, the, the high priest would come in and that one time a year and he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat to cover the sins of all of the people. This is what they walked around with. The blood of the sacrifice over all of these things. Over the law, over the priesthood, over the Lord's providential care. They always had the blood to remind them that God had looked past their sins, had forgiven them, and was always their God. And the angels always pointed to that blood. But now it's gone. It had been lost. They had built this second temple after the first one was destroyed, and now in this temple there was not the Ark of the Covenant. There was not the fire of the Lord that dwelled above the Ark. Until Jesus came in. When Jesus enters the temple to be prepared, there Simeon beholds the new Ark of the Covenant. He beholds the Word of God in the flesh, the law of God to be fulfilled. He beholds the true manna come down from heaven that gives life to all the world. He sees there in Christ also the established priesthood forever. For our Lord is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. No beginning and no end. He sees there in Christ by the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit the sacrifice, the mercy of God in the flesh. The blood that would be outpoured for the sins of the world. He sees the salvation of the people of God. He sees the salvation and the light of the Gentiles. He sees the one whom the cherubim had proclaimed to be the savior of the world. When Jesus entered into that temple, it was as if he was the new Ark of the Covenant. For God now dwelt with his people, not in a pillar of fire from heaven, but in flesh and blood. Jesus took on our mortal flesh in order to be that sacrifice for us. He is the firstborn of Mary, but he is more than that. He is the firstborn, it says, of many brothers. He is the first fruits of those that have fallen asleep. He is our brother. You see, in all of these things, we ask to be like Simeon. One who realizes that the light of the world has come upon us. We ask a God to pour out his Holy Spirit upon us. That we can see clearly these things that Christ is for us. That he is the true bread come down from heaven that we might feast And have eternal life. We ask that God make us to see Christ our high priest. The priest of a new and better covenant than the old. For this new covenant is established not in the blood of bulls or goats. But in his own blood. Which he offers up as a propitiation for our sins. We ask God to enlighten us. That we can see the fulfillment of the law. So that we do not doubt but firmly believe that Jesus has atoned for our sins. And that the forgiveness of God rests upon us. We ask for the Lord 
to enlighten us by the power of his Holy Spirit to see that the blood of Jesus now cleanses us and purifies us from all sin and all unrighteousness. That our baptisms into Christ have now clothed us with his blood and righteousness. You see, no person can see this apart from faith. No person can see this and confess it apart from the Holy Spirit who dwells upon us. You see, there are two things that are spoken of about this truth of the gospel. That it is, as Simeon confesses, a light to the Gentiles, that is to all people, and the glory for his people Israel. But it is also confessed that this preaching of the gospel of Christ is a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. What makes the difference? It's faith. It's the Holy Spirit who enlightens us to see clearly the revelation of God from the scriptures, to make these connections that Jesus Christ enters the temple and is God there dwelling in the flesh, to see that our faith is not in just a mortal man, but in God who takes on our mortality, to die in our place, to bring to us the immortality, light, and life that can only come through the Son, the Son of God. By faith, the light of Christ dwells in us. And by faith, we see all of these connections And so we find that our hope is always in the Lord, resting upon him, waiting for him to reveal to us his glory in the coming and the last day. You see, Simeon was waiting for that. He had been promised by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he saw the Lord's salvation. And he was given to see Christ enter in. And that was all that mattered to him. Nothing else in all the world, just as you saw in Transfiguration, was of any concern. Moses and Elijah talked about nothing else other than the Lord's salvation in his departure to the cross. And here, Simeon, nothing else mattered to him. All he cared for was to see the Lord's salvation before he tasted death. And so the same thing has come true to you. You have seen the Lord's new covenant, his better and more and more greater, more exciting covenant that we have in Christ. That the law has been fulfilled, that you have the true bread that gives life to the whole world in Christ's own body given for you. And that your high priest is not unable to sympathize with you, but he is able to sympathize with you. For he was tempted in every way that you are, and yet he was without sin. He suffered all of your miseries and took them into himself. He is the high priest who knows you, knows you better than even yourself. And you see that he is, in all things, always, the one to whom the angels point to, 
Not just the angels and the messengers of God in heaven, but the angels, the messengers of the Lord here on earth. Every preacher who is worth his salt, every man of God who teaches rightly points not to himself, but to Jesus Christ and the cross and the crucifixion and the resurrection and the eternal life that comes and follows for every believer in Christ. That's how you know. That's how you know where Christ is dwelling and where the Holy Spirit is present because the light is always pointed upon the blood, upon the sacrifice of Christ for sin and in the hope of the light which shall never be extinguished in the everlasting life to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all their understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.